G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's come around one of those really important topics, and some might even argue it is among the most important topics to understand as a Christian believer. I'm talking about money. It's the thing that gets us into trouble as much as it gets us out of trouble. How do you think we ought to be looking at our money? How do you think we should think about getting more of that money and how it might well even have the capacity to control our lives? I guess the ideal would be if we were able to control the money. Let's get some insights around money today and ask, what's the big deal about our money? Dr. Andrew Corbett pastors Legana Christian Church in northern Tasmania. That's just about a quarter of an hour north of Launceston. He's the author of several books and he's been thinking through this issue about money. Andrew, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to be with you again. Andrew, sometimes we don't appreciate just how rich the Bible is when it comes to its discussion about money. How do you see the Bible and how money is so prevalent in the way that all sorts of stories, Old Testament and New, are so, so upfront? Uh, Neil, it's a, and that's a great question because when we look at the Bible, we can we can read it, you know, through, and and then sometimes we can think, I wonder what the Bible says about something. For example, I, I would love to be able to pray more effectively, and the Bible's got a lot to inform me about prayer. In fact, if we look through Scripture, it will give us about five hundred instructive verses on praying. It could include things like giving thanks, you know, so we, we, we recognize that's a part of praying. It will give us about 500 verses on having faith and trusting God. But when it comes to money, it has 2,500 instructive verses on how to deal with money and what money can do. So, Neil, I think right there, that tells us this is actually important in the pages of Scripture as well. Well, it creates a bigger problem for us too, doesn't it? If there's 2,500 instructive verses about money, we've got to say, how do we prioritise those and find out which ones are the most important? Have you looked into that, Andrew? Yeah, it's actually interesting, Neil, that, that Scripture will talk about the, the very things that today we find money, the problems that money can create. Now, when I say the problems that money can create, most people think, oh, You've got to be kidding. Money would, right now, money would solve the problems I have. And this is where we, we have to appreciate that, that money can do three really, really destructive things to our soul. Firstly, debt. And, and debt actually is described in Scripture as it can be a form of slavery. So it says that the borrower is slave to the lender, and that's uh, Proverbs 22, verse 7. And it also, when we talk about the, the level of debt 
in society today, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm horrified to see that people, some people have racked up tens of thousands of dollars of debt on their credit card. Students will, will get student loans. I, I recently spoke with a young man who came over from the United States and he had done four years of university or college, as they call it over there. And he said, I'm still paying off my college loans. And I said, paying off, what do you mean? He said, I have $60,000 of college loans. And I, I looked at him and thought, that, that's, an, that's an, an enormous amount of debt. And he said, no, 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 some of my friends, they have $150,000 of college loans. Neil, this is, this is just bizarre, but debt can be so destructive to a person's soul. And the Bible uses the word sorrow to describe today what we would call depression. And it doesn't always use it in that sense. You can be generally sad or upset, but there's a sorrow that the Bible talks about in Psalm 31 to 10 and, and so on, where, it, where, where we would look at that and go, hang on a minute, that's the symptoms of what we today call depression. So, so there's an interesting story about the effect of shortage of money and shortage of resources because you've got to be repaying debt and so on. And, and the, the story is when the Allied forces uh, after World War II came in and found some of the concentration camps and found uh, a whole bunch of orphans whose parents had been um, killed uh, as a result of the concentration camps and so on. And these children were completely emaciated, Neil, and, and they found that when they, they took them into their care, that the children were having uh, nightmares and, and tra- experiencing the symptoms of trauma at night time, in particular at night time. And they didn't know what to do. They were feeding these children well through the day and they were, they were, they were getting, regaining their health and so on. But this continued. The trauma and the night terrors continued. And so they... The, the, the Allied uh, people who were looking after this, the Allied forces got in a psychologist and the psychologist did something incredibly simple, Neil. He said, give each of the children a slice of bread to hold in their hand when they go to sleep. And you know, the, the soldiers and the, and the medics and so on looking at the psychologist said, what on earth kind of psychologist do you, what's this going to do? He said, do it, just do it. And if they choose to eat that slice of bread before they go to sleep, give them another one. But make sure that when they fall asleep, they are holding a slice of bread in their hand. Neil, the result was dramatic absolutely dramatic. What happened was the night terrors stopped, the nightmares stopped, and the symptoms of trauma subsided. And when they came to the psychologist and said, how does a piece of bread do this? And the psychologist explained to them that when these children were in the concentration camp, they did not know if they were going to eat the next day because they were being starved. And so by giving them a piece of bread in their hand, psychologically, it was reassuring them that there will be something to eat tomorrow. There'll be something to eat tomorrow. In other words, because money, if you look at it as the ability to provide, when you haven't got that, it can actually lead 
to depression. It can lead to this mental illness. So money can, you know, debt can, can have an effect on us emotionally. It can have an effect on us in resulting in depression. And, and here's the thing. The, because of sin, Neil, we now are blighted with discontentment. And when you don't get the way you handle money right, that's, these are the things that can happen. So it's really, really important that we have a listen to what Scripture says about how to handle money, Neil. Isn't it interesting that the government will spend billions and billions of dollars ensuring that there is money in the hands of people who've gone through such a tough time with the COVID recession? And so I can see that working a similar sort of way. But let's just touch on something here, which I think you're bordering on, this idea that Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And so when we can think that we can get comfort by holding money because tomorrow we'll wake up and we'll have some money to be able to pay our bills and spend on the things that we need to spend money on, when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, is he, in fact, uh, telling us that there is a deeper comfort than anything else you can hold? Oh, Neil, I, I think you're onto something there because when we look at the stories Jesus told he talked about, uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Trust God for today. Put your Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. And all of these things that you worry about will be taken care of you, uh, will be taken care of. And, and we see that, that the Apostle Paul said something similar when he said, you know, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And what are our needs? Our need for food and shelter and clothing, Paul said, with these he said, we will be content. And so by knowing that you're, that you're walking with Christ, that you're then applying the principles of Scripture and how we handle money, you can have a good night's sleep. I mean, literally a good night's sleep. The idea of being crippled by debt, the idea of having no money to be able to pay the bills, the idea of always falling into this trap of keeping up with the Joneses, in other words, discontentment, not being content with what you have, it actually cripples your soul. And Jesus offers a different way. He offers a better way. And, and the better way is, well, firstly, to, to trust God and be faithful with what you have. In fact, faithfulness, when we read the parable of the talents, one of the parables that Jesus told about, how we handle money, he commended the faithfulness of two of the three uh, employees that the man had who he entrusted some of his wealth to. And when you think about it, all that we have, we, we use this, I think, misleading expression, Neil. It's a very simple expression, but it's very, very misleading. And when we start with this uh, presumption, that's misleading, we actually get the whole basis of how we handle money completely wrong. And here's the very, very simple expression. Ours. Our money. Our car. Our house. Our O-U-R. When we talk about my, M-Y, not the same sort of expression, we are actually undermining the, the most basic principle of Scripture, that it's not ours. Everything we have is given to us by God. 
everything. So when you realize this, that God gave it to us in the first place, it's arrogance <laughs> to say, no, no, I worked for it, I earned it, it's mine, or it's our money, it's our whatever. Well, that's exactly the wrong foundation from which to solve your money problems <laughs> and to be able to live the kind of life that leads to what the Apostle Paul said in First Timothy chapter 6, contentment. And he said contentment is, is the goal of how we handle our possessions. And it starts, you know, it starts by recognizing none of this is ours anyway. It's all God's. And we wouldn't detach the idea of having money being an evil thing. But as you say, if it's ours and it's mine, then there is a ownership there which ought to belong to God. I imagine that the remedy for that would be to have a heart of thanksgiving that recognizes that all we have is God's and then a determination to be a steward of what God has given to us. And that might actually reprioritize the way we deal with all of our money. We've run out of time for this conversation. There's so much more we could say. Is there a message that you have been speaking of recent times about this money? Because uh, no doubt there'll be listeners who'd like to hear some more. Where can they hear some more of this? Uh, yes, Neil, you, I actually uh, have a lot of my full-length messages on these sorts of topics and others on the, the internet at, at uh, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Dr. Andrew C., and you'll see full-length messages there. A lot of those that we've put up recently for churches that are interstate who are in lockdown and they, they take those messages and they just play them as their message. And you'll find one there on this topic of the big deal about money. Okay, vimeo.com forward slash Dr. Andrew C. And let me just point people to, uh, especially those in Tasmania, listening in, in the northern part of Tasmania, Legana Christian Church is the church that Dr. Andrew Corbett pastors. And also he's the president of ICI Theological College, Australia, a theological distance education provider. You could Google that. And you can also go to andrewcorbett.net. And you can check out some of the books that Andrew has written. Andrew, thanks so much for uh, filling us in today and updating us on what's the big deal about money. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 